0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Once again, the Business Creators Radio Show comes to you from my studio audience on my sumptuous balcony in Las Vegas, Nevada. You may occasionally hear the wind blowing, a bird chirping, a car driving by in the distance. But think about the places you've been, where you've had the opportunity to be part of a private mastermind conversation where brilliant ideas are exchanged, passionate people share their successes, and between the two of them, they achieve and innovate more together than the sum total of what each could have done on their own. You have those moments where somebody's expounding, and the other is saying, "Oh, oh, oh!" Can't wait to get in. And you're observing, and you have your pad of paper and two pens out, looking for that aha moment that could be transformational, or it could give you the slight edge in your business. You may be sitting on a balcony. You may be in a restaurant, a cigar shop, a coffee shop. The seminar networking function could be out at the park ambient noises, distant conversations, but you're focused in now on what's going to make you a more effective business creator. We have a fun topic today. I love bringing in episodes where we get to speak with actual business creators who have done it their way and find out some of the nuances of their story and some of the secrets to their success. I'm very excited today. We're going to be speaking with somebody. His name is Marcello Leone. He is an accomplished entrepreneur, CEO, and founder of multiple successful businesses. And today, Marcello's focus is his company, BevCana. It's a leader in the cannabis beverage sector, and it owns and operates one of the highest capacity cannabis beverage processing and manufacturing facilities. So yes, we're going to discuss how this entrepreneur built wealth from cannabis legally. Marcello Leone, come on in. The weather's Uh fine. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. All right. I told people a little bit about you. And just off that little snippet, I'm so impressed that I'm not even sure I'm worthy to be in your presence, and this is my show. What we (laughs) want to do here, before we learn about BevCan, we learn about how this all works, the cannabis industry in Canada, and all the other things that we're going to discuss and reveal to our audience today, tell us a bit about your journey in your own words. And what has brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion? Wow, great question. I mean, so I'm going to take
2: you in, uh, I'm going to give you the 10,000 feet uh, so that you can have a a quick snapshot on uh, Adam and your guests of, uh, of over the years, how I've gotten here. So this has been a journey of about nine years. So let me tell you a little bit about it. So you mentioned a little bit. Our uh, competitive edge is that we have uh, one of uh, very few licenses up in Canada, which is the only uh, G7 country in the world that is federally legal. And uh, and that gives us a nice uh, advantage to produce white label products for other LPs, which are other uh, cannabis companies that would like to be in the beverage space, but don't have the capabilities to produce. And uh, and then we also have our own brand that we uh, have in the marketplace, and I'll talk a little bit more about that when I tell you how I kind of got into the journey and the starting of all this. It started from health and wellness about nine years ago when I was uh, uh, had a very walking pneumonia would come to me every couple of years, uh, twice a year, and it was very uh, very onset every year. And then I I used to get my runner's knee, which used to come on every other day. And I was introduced to this plant-based product uh, called Trace. And it it was infused with these proprietary plant-based minerals. And after I started taking the product, uh, I couldn't believe that my runner's knee was coming on uh, very, very little, once every couple of months. And now it's been nine years ever since I started to uh, use the infused products, Uh, whether it's a nutraceutical, the concentrate, or whether it's a ready to drink, uh, I fell in love with the product and uh, I have not had a cold uh, in over nine years. I don't take my flu shot, everything, I'm natural, and I I take my, my daily dose every day. And so... When I fell in love with the product and it's on our CPG side of the business, Adam, uh, for Trace, which is our uh, diversified uh, plant-based product, uh, I was able to, uh, I fell in love with it so much that I wanted to make sure from a nutraceutical that I was putting into my uh, coffee or water, I wanted to make sure that we had a really great source to build a ready-to-drink beverage in the white space that we saw nine years ago, that health and wellness was going to become the most important uh, component in our life. And we've seen it now with the pandemic, and we see where we're all headed, and we see quality of life. And so from that journey of taking that product that I was introduced to, I we ended up acquiring in uh, British Columbia, uh, in a Soyuz, British Columbia, approximately 315 acres, it had this really wonderful natural alkaline spring resource aquifer on our property it was untouched by man and had a natural ph level of alkalinity of 7.7 and it had a very small bottling facility and i wanted to ensure that if we were going to build a cpg product and lead which today we are the leader in the falbic and humic plant-based mineral space uh that we always had our source and we would have uh, no problems as far as bottling and capacity. And so uh, long and short of it, uh, started that journey, worked with our equivalency to your FDA, took about five and a half years to get Health Canada compliance on our plant-based beverage. Uh, and, uh, and our product sells across Canada uh, today in approximately 3,000 points of sale. Uh, we're getting ready to distribute into the United States. Uh, international markets as well. And then uh, three years ago, as we were on the journey of the plant-based trailblazing, uh, we were approached and somebody asked us if we would consider doing uh, cannabis-infused beverages, THC, CBD, hemp extracts. And we said, wow, that we never really thought about that one so much, but that infusion process, we certainly understood the process By building our proprietary plant-based product that had efficacy, that Health Canada allows us to speak to a strong immune booster, uh, helps prevent cognitive degeneration, and helps reduce osteoporosis. So uh, three years ago, we were were approached. We thought uh, we were sitting at the boardroom table. We had some millennials sitting at the table as well, and they all put their hands up and said, cannabis-infused beverages. Sounds awesome. Let's do it. And... uh, we started the journey and we took our small visioned uh, bottling facility when I first acquired the company about eight years ago, eight and a half, nine years ago. And uh, and today, it, when we first uh, uh, acquired the facility, it was about 4,500 square feet, small, little bottling facility with one line. Today, it's uh, over 42,000 square feet, state-of-the-art bottling facility, of which uh, one side of the business, completely sectioned off from the cannabis side, is our CPG side of the business, approximately 30,000 square feet. And then our white labeling and our cannabis side of the business is about approximately 10,000 square feet, and we are licensed to to, uh, to do infused beverages. So that was the, the how it all began. Uh, and here we are in still the early stages of a very end of prohibition of uh, of cannabis and excited and getting some really great traction and having a real fun time doing it too.
1: No, I, I myself know the history of why there's been legislation against cannabis and marijuana and grief or madness. And it had something to do with the logging industry. Gee, that's a shock. I have been urging for years, this stuff just be completely legalized. I'm so happy that I lived in a state that was one of the relatively early ones to make the transition to full legalization. And I tell you, I know I'm around a lot of marijuana all the time, a lot of cannabis, a lot of CBT. And all I see are healthy people who are doing well in life. I'm not seeing any stoners or people going crazy or people ain't holding up their end. No, I Here. think you're right. Yeah. You're, you're bang on. I mean,
2: look, if we were if we were all there, At the end of prohibition of alcohol, if we were, we would look at that opportunity and say, wow, that could be a huge opportunity. And if you look at all of the uh, alcohol that is at your disposal, whether it's your liquor store, where you ask somebody, where's your nearest liquor store? They'll tell you real quick. Where's your nearest dispensary? Most people don't know. Um, Uh But look at the lounges, look at the bars, look at the restaurants, alcohol, and look at how many um, medically uh, induced um, uh, diseases and deaths in North America attributed to alcohol. yeah. Tremendous. I think last year we were over three hundred thousand. As far as cannabis, I think it's the plant to help, prevent and cure. and it's a natural process, and it's a natural plant. And so we need that adoption federally in the United States. We need that adoption internationally. And 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 they need to let it. They need to let it be as accessible as, as alcohol, because it's not bad for us. It's good for us, and it helps. And the CBD implications very, very help. And 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 the applications for uh, mental health and wellness very, very important. So I'm uh-huh. with you. We just have to continue to see this this industry uh, become easily and more uh, accessible and and federally legalized.
1: Ten years ago, I made the transition to veganism as far as part of as far as my dietary lifestyle, and I remember how difficult it was to go out and find a decent meal. I mean, your best bet was to uh, go to some restaurant, ask them to bring you a salad to leave off all the dairy products, and hope that they actually did so. And then have to deal with the 25 questions from the people at the table.
2: Are you lactose intolerant? Are you vegetarian?
1: Do you still eat chicken? Correct. Now, now, not only that, but we also see the proliferation of organic foods available. Whereas that was also a, a much different issue than it was 10 years ago. And I attribute both of those shifts to the same thing, the power of the market. When you have more consumers that demand it, more businesses will rise to the demand. Grocery stores, supermarkets, restaurants recognized that they had more and more customers coming to them who wanted organic. Uh, The vegan thing became so much bigger that it's actually feasible in many areas now to open a vegan restaurant and have a regular clientele and a prosperous business, whereas that didn't exist quite the same way 10 years ago. The turning point for me was about four years ago, I was attending a, uh, a dinner, and it was being held at a steakhouse, and I walked in, and I, and I was fully expecting to have to get a salad. And I walked in and said, oh, plot twist, vegan walks into steakhouse, and he said, that's awesome, we happen to have a menu just for you. I yeah, quickly yeah. I, I quickly discovered that's become a regular thing now. Yeah. And it's simply because the market demanded it, and the market demanded it because the, the education about it showed that it was a way that is viable for a lot of people. What I see with cannabis, marijuana, CBT, etc, is the education out there shows what you and I both know and have known for a long time is for lack of a better phrase it's good for you. Correct.: So with all that being said, and the trends that you've identified and I've identified, where do you see things going, say, within the next 10 years? Where do you think we'll be uh, you know for those of us for those listening now, this conversation is happening in 2022. So 2032, Marcella, where do you think we are with all this? Yeah, I think uh, I think you go into your social lounges, you go to any
2: bar, you go to any uh, liquor store, you go to uh, your big American uh, 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 Walmarts, etc. Full easy access uh, for uh, cannabis infused beverages, uh, perhaps at the federal legalization level here in Canada, maximum is 10 milligrams. Uh, Maybe in the United States, it becomes regulated at that level as well. And with the right emulsion, which means uh, the right onset that you can get uh, with the correct emulsion, uh, like someone like vertosa that has, uh, you know, pretty great uh, uh, bio onset and uh, it tastes amazing. Uh, And after eight and a half minutes, uh, if you're drinking a really great uh, Keef brand uh, cola, root beer or orange crush. Um, I think, I think the market's going to, going to be where no different than alcohol. I think it's going to be easy access. I think you're going to walk into all your major stores and you're going to buy all CBD topical products, uh, nutraceuticals, etc. because it, like you and I had said, it's good for us. It's here. It's here to stay. I, I just think that the United States is a big driver for us. And so we need that federal legalization in the U.S. We need the banking system to be uh, 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 friendly uh, for people in the industry. And, uh, and I, I, I'm so happy that we're at the beginning of what I would call first base. And I think we're going to get to home base. And it's going to be the next five to 10 years, but it's going to be everywhere. That's, yeah. where I, that's what I see coming.
1: Right. So I I love that. And what are some other important consumer trends you see developing that may support this? Well, I think you're seeing uh, I, I think you're seeing
2: I'll be here in Canada, for instance, uh, the demand for beverages. Uh, you know, we started selling our beverages, which is white label clients, and also we have the rights to our uh, a brand that I think you're familiar with. It's originally came out of Colorado about ten years ago. It's called Keef, K E E F. Yeah. Um, we're seeing that uh, we're seeing that the alcohol business, from craft beers to um, uh, hard seltzers, are on the decline. You're starting to see some of the majors circulating uh, from the industry, looking at the new millennials and looking at what are they gravitating towards. Beverages are are gravitating very quickly. We shipped our first two orders out to the provinces across Canada. We sold out within 24 hours. Um, we're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, of the CBD utilization. I think in Canada and the United States. So that's for good health and for body care. Um, I think that uh, you know it's it's something that uh, that that is everywhere, and and we're starting to see some derivative products away from just smoking. And I think people want to have that option to be able to ingest and not have to smoke because the fear of smoking. Um, but, but yeah. you're starting to see, uh, the numbers and you're starting, we're starting to see it pull this way up in Canada. Uh, you know, we can't, we can't ship any products from Canada, to the United States and vice versa. So, you know, Canada is a really good, uh, stepping stone to see, Hey, how does it work? What is, what does legalization look like? Uh, and you're getting a lot of some of the big major companies from big tobacco to, uh, CPG, Uh, to pharma that are spending time up in Canada, watching this industry grow. And you saw in the past, some of the big investments with some of the big majors, but there's more majors coming. This is a way of life now, and it's a good, healthy for you uh, way of life. And uh, uh, we're we're starting, we're seeing it here. We're seeing the numbers, we're seeing the pull, we're seeing uh, the interest from the dispensaries. So we just need more access. I kind of like to say, we kind of up here in Canada, we need the same kind of rights as alcohol. Make sense? Alcohol, yeah. cannabis, one of the same rights.
1: Right. And going back to what we said earlier, I've, I've been around enough situations with alcohol that have turned violent. Uh, and I've seen people get wasted away by alcohol. I don't know anybody personally who's been destroyed or even gotten themselves in a situation with marijuana. When I see people who've, uh, who've uh, passed the peace pipe around a couple of times, all I'm hearing is Saul Goodman. That's all I'm hearing. Yeah. Healthy, happy. Yeah,
2: exactly. I go when you say that because a friend of mine was a bouncer at a club and he says, he says, you know, have you ever seen what it's like to uh, ask someone to leave when they're absolutely, absolutely uh, hammered with alcohol? It's it it can get rough. And he goes, but do you know what it's like when you ask someone who's been smoking weed to leave? They're just like, hey, you know what? Thank you so much. That's awesome. See ya. And so Uh it's kind of like, uh, and that's exactly the point, and and I think that uh, we're going to get there. But we we need we need more we need we need more uh, more lobbying, and we need
1: changes, and we really need the United States to lead the way with us. Okay, well, let's speak about the United States. Where do you think we are? Uh, we've uh, I mean, this has been a big push for a long time. Some people found it ironic that the Obama administration actually cracked down from a federal level on states that were legalizing and then from the trump administration eh, i think if trump had been re-elected he probably was going to push for full legalization and it was going to be more from an economic and banking standpoint but where do you think biden is
2: well what happened to biden when he uh when he took power and he was supposed to make an initiative on cannabis in his speech his uh and 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 in his early days his position seems to be um somewhat passive and uh and I think that, uh, whomever is in power, they're gonna, they're gonna, they've got to get this straightened out. They've got to get the banking, the banking system straightened out. They've got to get, we, they've got to make it a priority and no one's done that yet. And we're, you know, when people say some people thought early 2021, January, everyone was excited, December, excited that there was going to be uh legalization coming or a banking act, et cetera. Yeah. Nothing. Now you talk with people and no one knows is it going to be another year? Is it going to be two years? Is it going to be five years? We
1: don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. The problem we have in the United States is there are a lot of banks that simply will not deal with marijuana money. So they can't get merchant accounts. They can't get processing. And even if they, even when they do get the money somehow, If they use cash apps, for example, uh, to replace the idea of a credit card or, (coughs) excuse me, or they just charge cash or what have you, they have to keep it in a safe because they can't legally do anything with it. And that's what I meant earlier about uh, those indicators I saw from the Trump administration. They may have been moving toward legalization. Uh, The actual driver in that case would have been a combination of that administration's focus on deregulation combined with wanting to get more money flowing. I don't think it had as much to do about, uh, you know, peace and love, man, as it just had to do with integrating that into the economy so that it could spur more economic growth. And uh, actually, I do wish Biden would be less passive about it. Uh, This is this is something where he could probably get a win. And let me explain what I mean by that. Agreed. About three years ago, I saw an article in a newspaper Believe it or not, I still look at these things sometimes. It was somewhere on page like 38 or something, buried way down. (laughs) And it uh, mentioned that our former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, had gotten involved on the board of directors of a cannabis company or something to that effect. And I thought, okay, this is the floodgates. Because John Boehner is one of those people who's gone but not forgotten, particularly within the beltway where he's involved in lobbying now. So I saw that as an indicator that, well, if one of the leading lights in federal lobbying is now getting involved in this, that means that they've probably figured out how the politicians have probably figured out how they can attract the lobbyist money for this. And we might get some legalization, because after all, uh, public health policy, among other things, is often determined by how much lobbyist money is available. Correct. How, what's it like in Canada?
2: Canada is, uh, is, uh, is I, I would have to say to you, we, we need more work on the lobbying front. I think once you have federal legalization, we've come a long way to be that leader. But there's so many, uh, from a business perspective, uh, an operator's perspective, etc. Um, there is still so much to do. Uh, we, we still feel the, the effects of the banking laws from the US, etc. So it, it, it affects everyone north and south of the border. Uh, and and there's so many there's like regulations that that as you walk through it and and you and you you're you're operating your business that it requires more more conversation more lobbying and making sure that it becomes easier it can't be, can't be an industry where you pay all your fees, all your taxes, you, f- you have your full SOP compliance, you do everything, you're building your business, but the businesses have to become profitable as well. People are employed. People have to, government needs to make money. Individuals need to make money. People are represent such a large pool of people that are employed. We need to do a better job in that in that in that area as well. And that's something that uh, that you know, year three now from federal legalization standpoint, Adam here, it's now yeah. year three. you know we're we're starting to see that um, we're we're gonna we're gonna start to see much more lobbying and and making sure that some of these procedures are are utilized and are are, are appropriate and make sense. And I think that's what you start to see. But guess what? That's year three, right? That's our third year of federal legalization. So it's still an industry that's early days. And you said 10 years. I say five years, but I say it gets better every single day because it becomes more and more transparent where the roadblocks are, what makes good business. And and therefore, at the end of the day, um, how can we help our communities and how can we help people by having proper legal access to the product, getting rid of the gray markets, and 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 making sure that, that the governments make all of their money, and they're happy, and it just has a potential to be a win-win. And so it just requires, we're starting to see a lot more lobbying that's
1: going to start to happen even up here in Canada. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, let's stick with the money for a while. For prospective shareholders of your business, and we're going to get into your business now, but let's start at the very top, the shareholders. What makes Bev a compelling to the bottom line? You
2: know, with uh, what what's compelling for us is we're so early days in a whole new industry uh, and we're one of less than a handful of individuals that have a license that allows us to produce beverages and has the infrastructure to produce beverages, uh, it's a, it, it gives us a definite competitive advantage to be able to uh, be in the space and, uh, and gives us definitely, uh, as, as we saw 3.0, third year, much more difficult for businesses to uh, become compliant and get those licenses and most importantly, to build that infrastructure for a state-of-the-art bottling facility Well, that's hard and and not a lot of other businesses are doing that up in Canada right now. So I think as this business continues to grow, as we're starting to see the pull, as we're starting to see the demand for these beverages, as we're starting to see every brand that exists and there's going to be more brands coming out, no different than the alcohol space, uh, we have a competitive advantage because we have the infrastructure, we can offer all types of form factors glass, aluminum, uh, RPET, we have a full aquifer, we have a complete vertical. Uh, We can help in every step of the way for a smaller independent craft brand or a major. And uh, I'm proud to say we've probably have uh, six, seven of the strongest LPs in the marketplace. And so as volume picks up, as the distribution picks up, As it becomes much more easily accessible, uh, it will give us a huge competitive edge moving forward. Still early days. These companies are still in the early days.
1: Right. Well, the good news is it is the early days. So that gives a a wide open plane for opportunity and also for innovation, because as you have things grow, you can't always foresee everything that happens. It gives you the flexibility to adapt as you go along. At least that's the way I see it. Uh, now, now let me, um, now I'm going to take a a different approach here and I'm going to ask a, a different question and maybe you already covered this, but I'd really like to surface this. Uh, we've discussed the benefits of cannabis and I think we agree on that. And a lot of our listeners in fact, agree on that. What, what, why this industry for you? Why? Why? Why is Marcello Leone involved in this?
2: <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a great question. But I, I I guess I'll I'll I look at uh, the marketplace. I look at innovation. I look at a whole new sector. When we were looking at the space, here's a whole new sector uh, that I probably had a vision that was going to take a good five to ten years to uh-huh. to mature. Um, it was very much. In our wheelhouse, because we've dealt with infusing products and infusing beverages, and being able to infuse a beverage to still have the efficacy of the product is not an easy task. And furthermore, to have good taste is not easy. Therefore, uh, it was a, it felt like a very nice, natural, um, uh, it was a natural, uh, how do you say, Um, it made sense for us. It made sense because it was what we did. And so what we like about it is uh, having that competitive advantage makes us well-positioned for the next three to five to 10 years. I liked it because I also liked it because I I viewed it kind of like the end of prohibition to alcohol. And, And to be able to participate from... the 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 level playing field from day one this was also attractive and i love that it was such early days that allowed us to continue to work with so many of these brands and lps that the innovation we've done it uh, with our own brands so we we enjoy being able to be a part of that and actually being able to guide uh, many of these companies in the right direction when it does come to uh, making a great product so um that that's kind of that, that, that's kind of what,
1: what drove us. Great. Fantastic. I, I love it. Uh, now, I have studied the whole prohibition thing. And to me, that really was about legislating morality. And I've covered on other episodes of this show that you can't really legislate morality because it will cause people to either do the exact opposite or it will lead to divisive narratives that people profit from. And with, uh, with prohibition, I think it was the, I think it was a very similar thing and they needed prohibition in a way to create division, to create the idea that there was an enemy out there. And they decided that booze and its purveyors were the enemy. Uh, Like, I can't remember if I covered this on the Business Creators Radio Show or not, but I've done a lot of study on Al Capone, who I think his, his business should be taught as a case study in universities, actually, due to some of the innovations in the environment of business that he himself created. So I looked at why was it that they wanted to take Al Capone down? And the answer I keep coming back to is racism. Interesting. Yeah. So what, so what do you think right now may be some of the resistance factors? We've covered that there is resistance to this that may be stopping people from being fully on board with the idea of full legalization. Because I'm I looking think- for how, how you and I can get together here and do our part to make the world a better place with us being in it by spreading some word about how we can benefit this. Yeah, I think I think you 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 nailed it. I think uh, by by
2: I really think that stigma uh, the the millennials versus uh, the latter generation uh, older generation that uh, has the stigma cannabis was uh, a federal was a narcotic was a narcotic, and I think for uh, many people that are anti cannabis. They think like that still, and even though many older people are now coming on the other side, saying, "You know what? I I, I had a perception of of cannabis, but wow, um, my 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 wife wasn't feeling well. She took a CBD infused uh, product, and she started to feel better. My wife had cancer. Uh, her bones were her 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 muscles were aching. Uh, she's been applying CBD uh, topical creams to her body. She's been feeling better." Um, Uh, Some people's tumors have have uh, uh, minimized by utilizing. There is this stigma of cannabis is negative, whereas uh, we need to change that stigma. And I think it's going to happen faster than you and I hope for. But we'd have to do our part. And I'm going to and I'll share this with you. And I'm not going to share names with you. But up in Canada, you know, I'm I'm working and starting to work with someone who uh, comes from government, uh, has experience in uh, legalization, of implementation of policies, etc, whether it was a liquor control board,. Et I'm trying to do my part to bring to our community and others in our business to m- change this this mind mind shift and allow, the marketplace to be as equal as alcohol. We want the same rights because our plant does good for you. And if you look at the medicinal side of the business in the United States, certain states are medicinal, others are recreational and medicinal. Hey, this is a good thing. This plant works extremely well. We need to get it out there commercialized. And I think we're on the right track. We're gonna get there. But I'm doing my part, Adam, because in Canada, we still have things that need to change. You, you you, can't go into a Canadian dispensary. I'll give you an example. You can go into a Canadian dispensary and the rules are you can't buy more than a five pack of beverages. So that means they don't want you to buy more than 50 milligrams at one time. So have you ever heard of a, a six pack? Obviously we have in beverages. I've never yeah. heard of a five pack. Can you imagine getting machinery yeah. in? And and having to package for a five pack, these kind of uh, operational issues affect uh, our industry. But it's, it's going to change. It's going to change, I think, rapidly because it's such a huge employer in Canada of <laughs> so many people yeah. now that you got to, guys, it, it's got to open up. And opening up doesn't mean it has to open up and not make sense. It has to open up have regulation but allow the
1: marketplace to be the marketplace so when you said five pack i what i immediately thought of you can get a you can get a six pack of pepsi you can get a six pack of coke you can get a six pack of miller Lite, you can get a six pack of red bull there's a lot of machinery out there that enables mass packaging of six packs correct but you're right i've never seen a five pack of anything can For you me, imagine that actually seems like just a petty little wrench thrown in the machine be- because pretty much literally because the machinery is not there and it would require massive retooling also uh, i can buy all those things whether it's pepsi coke miller Lite, red bull whatever it is in a cardboard container that holds an even number of cans correct have you ever seen one that has an odd number of cans
2: Come on, come on up to come on up to Canada, and I'll walk you through, and we'll go into the dispensary and buy a five pack, and it it sits in a six uh, a six pack uh, uh, cardboard box. So you know these are the little idiosyncrasies that you you look at as the development of a new industry, and say, you know, that doesn't make that doesn't really necessarily make a lot of sense like at all. So these are the things that us as an industry have to engage people that that can speak to it, know who to speak to, to try and get this industry on track to where it should go. We should have federal legalization in the United States. It shouldn't be a narcotic in the United States the way it is. It is a healthy plant, right? Let's start changing the rules properly and let there be consequences for the rules that are established properly. But let's give everyone the, the, the bandwidth international market in Europe, uh, Australia, uh, the world is going to open up to this. So why not be the leaders and do it right? That's where my head's at.
1: Well, I couldn't agree much more. And again, if we want to go back to follow the money, there's a huge market for it. You legalize. That means you can put it in the banking system, which means you create investment. And it also means you can track it. You can tax it. Correct. If I was, if I was facing a, if I was in charge of a government, whether it was a federal government, a state government, a provincial government, a city government, or what have you, and I was looking at deficits and I was looking at issues with declining land values and fewer owners of properties where I was having a hard time with the tax base to fund our schools. If I was looking at cutbacks for, for emergency services, road paving, or what have you, I'd be thinking, okay, so where does this money come from? Oh, taxes, that's right. There you go. And yep. people will not even blink at the sales tax for what they want. I, I agreed 100%. Yeah, they will willingly pay luxury taxes as long as they're not extremely exorbitant. And even if they are extremely exorbitant, give it a little bit of time and they'll just calculate in their mind, well, that's how much an eighth costs. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. So now I'm thinking of mergers and acquisitions. I know people, I know people that have created, uh, brands of food that they sell. And when they design these things, they know it's not necessarily going to be a huge business, but they're thinking ahead to their exit strategy. So I'm going to say, let's say, for example, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get this right, but I'm thinking of something a friend of mine did. Uh, he, Created a brand of ready-to-eat frozen meals that was marketed toward people who loved, I think it was called mountain style food or something, the type of stuff that people eat when they live up in the mountains. And God. he had the idea that eventually one of the major food processing companies would acquire his company. So he designed it accordingly. And he did some of the research he did. He looked at p- potential acquisitors. And found out what machines do they use? What companies do they order their packaging materials from? What companies do they use for their production to create the foods that they sell? With the idea being that at some point, somebody could look at his little company, decide they want to add mountain foods to their lineup, and say, well, look, he uses all the same stuff we do. This is essential. Let's buy it. Makes, and it makes sense. Yeah. That's could we make, could could we start that here? Is what I'm asking.
2: I I think that uh, I think that you are you're starting to see that, like in Canada, for instance, if you're in the beverage space and you can build brand, hypothetically speaking. But even in the flower space, I think as you build brand, whether you're small or whether you're large, I think that here's what what as the space uh, grows. As the space yeah. grows, I think that uh, um, you know, if you take a look in Canada, because now everything is, you know, you think about your your friend and and what he did. You, you take a look. I'll give you. Let's take an example of. Uh, let's just use beverages, for instance. And you're able to build brand with a with with your brand and other brands that you may have in your pipeline in your platform, and all of a sudden. Uh, the marketplace opens up, north and south borders open up. I think that that strategy makes sense as if you can build a, a decent business and take into account those steps, uh, thought process because I think more and more major uh, companies are going to get involved in the space and when they come uh, into ie Canada or they come into, a different state to multi multi-state operators, etc. They want to acquire businesses and brands that already exist and have market share. And I think there is the opportunity in the early days because they don't want to spend another five years to build it. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. And so I think that if you're good and you, you, you can use that platform to understand what category you're in. And understand the players that are in that category. And usually those larger multinationals, bigger corporations, they would prefer that we do all the work ahead of time. Does that make Uh sense? Yes. Build business, build the infrastructure, build the brands, get the customers, get the distribution, and then
1: you become a great potential target. Fair enough? Yes. That's extremely... That's extremely fair enough, and what I'm seeing is the opportunity here right now is if governments are going to play these silly games like it has to be a five pack or it has to be fifty milliliters or whatever it is, where they just simply make it logistically difficult, then have a leader man- master logistics and they can become they can become a potential acquisitor of other companies which gets the cash flow moving, and they can also outsource their their materials, uh, and what I mean by that is, they build it. They build a packaging plant, but their own market is only so big. They can actually lease a percentage of their production space and time bandwidth to even competitors. Because hey, uh, you know, if somebody wants to lease my physical plant to sell their stuff, even if it competes with mine in the marketplace, I may be open to that. Particularly if they're, if their geog- if their geography is a little bit different than mine because I'm making money off my competitors I can't beat that deal. agreed and so for, for instance like for us
2: we, we do white label so our facility uh, if we were uh, like a, a big major that didn't want to do any uh, white label operate private label for other companies uh, you know we could we could have kept all of our our, all of our, our infrastructure, our business, our just for our own brand and nobody else. And that wasn't that the opportunity presents itself so much better to be able to uh, do those white label opportunity, l- give them their MOQs for the year and 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 give them the opportunity where they don't have to uh, uh, worry about infrastructure. And we, as a smaller, uh, larger independent, win, and they win. So everybody wins. It's very much off of your model that you just gave us that example.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where I would start if it was me. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to think logically because ultimately this is all driven by economies of scale. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess you know we're we're getting near the top of the hour here, but. I, you know, there's so many different ways to consume marijuana, cannabis, uh, CBT, what have you. So we see the plants, we see the brownies, we see the gummy bears, we see the oils. Uh, and, you know, that, that reminds me uh, that I, I saw this video a couple of years ago, uh, this, uh, I think it was some local police department that was cracking down on the sale of, uh, of uh, CBT oils and things like that. And they asked the police chief, uh, why is you know they and one of the reporters asked the police chief, so so what do people use CBT for? What do they use oils for? And he said, to get high. And like yeah. everybody there just laughed at him. It's yeah. like, come on, dude, you're the only person in the world who doesn't know this. That stuff is not used to get high. That's not how you get high. So uh what do drinks do? Like, why why are we drinking this stuff now?
2: Well, I think uh what's nice about drinks is you know, people who don't want to smoke it. Uh, they want to get feel the efficacy of, of uh, cannabis uh, and they may be uh, CBD infused beverage, or it may be THC infused beverage. They drink it because they want to feel the onset. They want to uh-huh. know that if they chose not to have alcohol, that they could drink an infused beverage of THC and feel something. And that's what the users of beverage wish to have happen. And so if, if the level of THC is federally mandated, which it is here in Canada, it's pretty amazing uh, when you just sit down and have could be sitting with your buddy who's having a gin and tonic, if he's drinking alcohol and you'll be drinking a Keefe uh, beverage or a green monkey beverage or and, and it's quite amazing to feel the, uh, after eight and a half nine minutes of drinking the beverage, It's kind of interesting to feel the feeling that you get. And it is a completely different feeling than if you smoke and it's a relaxation. It feels good. Um, it keeps you somewhat mellow. You can feel that you've got something, it's not alcohol. And, and that's what we're seeing with beverages. And and that's why it has to be utilized everywhere because alcohol is utilized everywhere and
1: it's a better feeling with cannabis infused beverages and alcohol. Oh, that see right that right there is a fantastic sales point. Uh, when we, uh, when when you subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or what have you, download this MP3 and have that piece of it transcribed. If you haven't already written that down, you're not reading from a script. And I'll tell you exactly why. Is that just made me think of the vision? I'm gonna blow our listeners' minds. You ready for this? Tell me. I'm going to disclose that it's altogether possible that I may have consumed a small amount of marijuana today. There's a possibility I could have lit a joint. And there's a possibility I could have uh, taken a hit off a bowl. I know. Crazy, right? Could have happened. Do you know that's effort to like light a joint and hold it? Uh, or if you have the bowl, you have to hold it a certain way and you have to hold your finger halfway over the little hole and then with your lighter as you, <laughs> that's exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. You I know, didn't, I, I didn't actually just do one right now. I don't have any on me right now, but I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. That's what it feels like. And that here, drink, then a drink, and, that a drink? And here and a drink and a go, drink, go, 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 go. go. And a drink, uh, Adam, I'm gonna
2: let you hear it.
1: I hear it. And there you go.
2: Uh huh. Have a nice drink, relax. And that's as far as it goes. There's no smoke, there's no coughing. Total beautiful, clean, safety, federally approved. Protected, You know what you're getting from the federal government with all the clients. <coughs> yep. And it's the most amazing. Uh, if you're asking me, the best application that I've ever seen with THC mm-hmm. utilized is beverages. It's amazing.
1: You have some of your friends over. You're watching the game. Uh, everybody's drinking. Everybody's cr- got a beer cracked open. <coughs> you crack open. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. I need a cigarette. Um, (laughs) you, you crack open a can of your stuff and it's the same thing everybody else is doing. (laughs) You don't don't have to worry about the ambience of your smoke from your marijuana. You don't have to do extra work. The only difference between you and the other people is what's in the can. You're all doing the same thing. You're holding a can up to your mouth, tilting it back and taking a drink. You know, I, I have friends come over and, uh, We'll watch some football. We'll have a
2: conversation, and and I offer them, a, "Would you like something to drink? Would you care for?" And everybody, when they see our our beverages in my fridge, uh, they're like, "Is that is that like uh, is that like THC infused beverage?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is Keef one of our, one of our brands uh, that we that we are uh, own for Canada." And I, I got to tell you, there's not one person, male or female doesn't matter what the age is that hasn't gravitated to say, Hey, I, can I, can I have one or two of those? Can I, can I try those? I, I've been waiting for this. You know, the, the sad part here in Canada, is it's only available in dispensaries. So if you ask the average, uh, you know, person, do you know where your local uh, liquor store is? They'll be like, yeah, there's two of them over here. Do you know where your local dispensary is? And they will be like, no, I really, I don't. One out of five people know where they are. So um yeah no it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing no coughing whatsoever yep. you're going to love it
1: yeah well here in well here in Nevada uh, I live in Nevada here in the United States you can get uh beer wine any type of alcohol basically from your local grocery store you'll find it in just about every convenience store uh there are some states like um uh, I believe Pennsylvania still does this where they have what are known as state stores colloquially where it's a dedicated store that sells alcoholic beverages. I think, if I remember correctly, in Pennsylvania, a couple years ago, they made a shift where now you can buy wine at the grocery store, but I'm not sure if the rest of it has followed yet. My point being is, it's actually like this in a lot of states. So wouldn't it be cool if they could just pick up your drinks there? To me, that'd be pretty awesome. Well, I can tell you this. Anybody, you've got U.S., um, You know, you got a lot
2: more people than we do, and you've got some great brands down in the U.S. And we're, you know, we're 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 delighted to have the number one brand, Keef, up in Canada, and they're based out of Colorado. I can tell you, everyone in the beverage space would be thrilled, and uh, wouldn't it be great for all of us in the community of cannabis that our infused products, whether they are topicals or nutraceuticals, CBD infused nutraceuticals. Uh, that they're available in every national retailer, and they could be available where alcohol is from a beverage. This is the future, and everybody yes. would be very, very, very happy because they want it. So let's give them a great product. Yes. Let's get it regulated by the government, and and let's let's see this the end of cannabis
1: become. Uh, even more potent than the end of alcohol and the prohibition of alcohol. I Three cheers for that. I'm going to leave with one final thought, and this goes back to logistics and practicality. It is possible that occasionally I will go hang out with people and there may be some marijuana present. It's been known to happen, believe it or not, possibly even last night. Now, one of my concerns is what clothing do I wear? Because I have certain parts of my wardrobe that um, I've invested a lot of money in that I would prefer not to have to wash any more than possible because continuous laundering of your clothes degrades them over time in ways that you can't even fathom. So if I paid $160 for a pair of jeans, I don't want to wash them every time I wear them. But then the more you wash them, the more you have to wear them because they become less stain resistant. Uh, another reason why you'd have to launder your clothes, you smell like weed. <laughs> so yeah. what, so you're, getting the, you're getting the same or similar enjoyment of just a casual hit and you get to imbibe it and it doesn't mess up your clothes. Or if you're driving home afterwards, yeah, you can have, you can have one toke and you're safe to drive. Just like you can have one beer and you're safe to drive. Let's be real. Get pulled over because you accidentally didn't see that stop sign. They're not going to smell that you had one drink of a cannabis drink. They will smell that you have weed on you. And then uh, next thing you know, you're taking a sobriety test. Whereas with the drink, you're probably just getting your warning, your ticket and sent on your way. Those are those are definitely advantages of, of
2: beverages versus uh, smoking. Yes,
1: correct. Absolutely. 100%. So, yeah. So with that, um, I do want to, uh, first of all, thank you for being here. And I want to wrap up for just one moment. Uh, just for this one moment. And I uh, want to turn the floor over to you right before we wrap up here and just let people know, uh, you know, tell them about your website and tell them about how they can get their hands on this now. For those who may be thinking, boy, I'm going to go out to the store and see if I can find this. Yeah, great. You know,
2: bevcanada.com. Uh, you can find everything about our company there, all our products, uh, everything that we sell. There's contact information, emails they can send directly to us. We're happy to answer any questions they may have. In Canada. Infused beverages are available, and our brand uh, Keef is available across Canada in dispensaries all across Canada. Uh, uh, today, uh, if you are in the United States, uh, again, many dispensaries, state to state, have beverages uh, in their facilities. They may not be as visible as, as you see all the displays with the cannabis flour, etc but ask the establishment and everybody should be trying it. And everybody should be, should be really getting on, on, on the, on the bandwagon with it because it's just amazing, amazing product, amazing delivery system. Um, Just more growth for the plant. And the plant is a positive thing. Exactly. Uh, Can it be ordered online? It cannot be ordered online, depending, depending in Canada. It depends per dispensary per province, uh, so it depends in in the in the region. Certain certain dispensaries may offer the service; many others do not. And then different provinces have different rules. So, so, and I don't know how it how it is in the United States, but maybe you can add a little bit of light there. I think you can. Can you not?
1: it it depends. Now I now I I just don't really know the answer to that question, so I would leave that to our listeners to research for their own. Yeah, uh now can somebody in the United, I guess somebody in the United States cannot currently order your stuff from Canada and have it shipped over the border. I guess we're not there yet. Absolutely not. Correct. Dang, dang, cuz I was going to go place an order right now. But you yeah. let us know the moment that changes and uh, I'm going to order a 5-pack from you. I, I <laughs> by that time by that time it'll be a 6-pack, so we're good to go god i hope so all right so marcello leone thank you so much for being with us today it's been an honor and believe me in education thank you so much bless you all all right
0: we trust you enjoyed today's episode of the business creators radio show check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com while you're there be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you until next time